Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Woo, back for 2021. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I I was I was watching a special the other night, an old Cat Williams special called 2012, and he was talking about the Mayans and how, you know, the world was gonna end. Oh, apocalypse, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God, I hope the Mayans weren't dyslexic. And they just got 2021 and 2012 mixed up. Yes, and the big meme going around is aren't we all worried about the fact that it's literally 2020? One, as in W-O-N. Yes, 2020 yes. did win. Yes. yes. And it's also the same year as Mad Max. So yes. I, just, I need some of those leather pants. Well, to be fair, uh, Los Angeles is starting to look a little beyond Thunderdome-y, isn't it? Oh, you have no idea. You have <laughs> no idea. I, uh, uh, you've seen the, the flash mobs, the uh, COVID-idiot yep. no-mask flash mobs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've doubled up on my bear spray when I go out now. Yeah, well, I'm set to come back in three weeks, so. Oh, well, at least the good news there is you can get your damn microphone back. I'm happy this about true. that. <laughs> Very happy about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Brian, but, uh, you know, there weren't as many as there usually are no. because of the circumstances, but uh, those year-end wrap-ups. No, there weren't a lot of them this year, but uh, they're annoying anyways. Well, I, I mean, actually, I, I think I may have a different opinion about year-end wrap-ups than you at this point. Go ahead. Tell me yours. Oh, no, they were all just everybody was trying to find the, the silver lining, you know, in the in the giant pile of crap that was 2020. <laughs> well, and yeah, some some of them, I think you have a link later in the show that we'll talk about that actually is not a bad one. But no. most uh, for of the it most was part, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Happy New Year. I actually had I, now that uh, now that we're past the new year, I, I know that there was a certain degree of hope that was floating around because you know we, <laughs> we well float. we had a we had a vaccine and Operation Warp Speed was was coming along. Unfortunately, Warp Speed seems to be more along the lines of the Enterprise D crashing in Star Trek Generations <laughs> than actual Warp Speed. It's not going. Warp Speed is more of a warp core breach. Not at going this point. very well. Uh, <laughs> so you know we'll all have to wait to be controlled by Bill Gates from the microchip from a base uh, base amp. Or foot pedal, mm, yeah. uh, controlling our brain for quite some time, and you know we had hopes for the Biden administration. So us libtards were feeling a little bit hopeful going into the new year. It's uh, now four days, five days in. It's not feeling so hopeful anymore. In fact, I actually heard. Well, let's be honest. Trump's not leaving. Unfortunately, my my hope that he was going to go to Mar-a-Lago and just sit there didn't happen. Uh, I shit you not. The current actual plan right now is the Biden administration will set up in another building. And they are going to turn off the electricity and the water and stop food deliveries to the White House. They are treating him like squatting (laughs) ravers. I was going to say, that's the exact same stance that uh, shitbag L.A. Mayor Mayor, uh, Eric Garcetti took for people having COVID parties. That's exactly the same stance. Yeah. So there you go. Happy New Year. Yeah. (laughs) Although I did see an article this morning that Trump has one of his planes booked for uh, a trip to Scotland. Uh, before, right before the Biden election, so we'll see how that turns oh, out. Oh well, that's you know, been denied. The Scottish uh, PM basically said that that is not essential travel, and he will not be allowed into the country. Damn it! Let him in. Let him in. Let him in. <laughs> Build a wall around the golf course. Problem solved. Yeah, man. Oh, he can't go anywhere. That's why he's staying staying in the White House. He can't go to Mar-a-Lago. Nobody wants him there. He can't go to Scotland. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I hear Haiti's nice this time of year. <sighs> Papa, Papa Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, there's a there's a bit, big bit of news in the uh, the gaming world as far as grumpy old geeks go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clash Royale, the clan is on basically kind of hold right now. The the guys who make the game called Supercell have kind of ruined it with their new game dynamics, and we've all been miserable the past couple months. So we're taking a break right now. We may come back if they fix it, but uh, if you go join the GOG.show clan in Clash Royale, it might be a ghost town for a while. So <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know you guys are really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't missed more than like a day or two in the four years, I think, it's been since we started that thing, which mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been four years. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's gotten to the point where it's not as much fun. So we're hanging out on Discord on our Discord channel for Clash and uh, come in there if you've got good game recommendations, because we're looking for the next big one that we can uh, all jump in and play because it has been a ton of fun. I met a lot of really cool people in there. So it'd be nice to have another game that we could bounce to that's not this one. In the news... Well, we had some interesting news over, about Ticketmaster uh, over over the break, and somewhere in Seattle, an aging Eddie Vedder is pulling a pulling a bandana off his gnarled head, going, "We were right, <laughs> we were right." Uh, yeah, they had to pay a ten million dollar fine because they hacked a startup rival called Songkick. I remember Songkick. I actually knew some of the people over there. So according to court filings and previous reports, Stephen Mead left Ticketmaster rival Songkick in 2012 after signing a confidentiality agreement and joined Ticketmaster parent Live Nation, direct competitors. He then Mm -hmm. allegedly shared Songkick's login information with (laughs) Ticketmaster employees, including Ticketmaster's former head of artist services. Uh, Zishan Zadi, who pleaded guilty to wire fraud and conspiring to commit computer intrusions based on his participation in the scheme, according to the Department of Justice. So uh, here's the thing. Is it really a hack if they actually gave him the login info? Well, we've we've determined we've discussed that, and yes, uh, mm-hmm. we've discussed. Well, we've discussed that about uh, situations with previous clients and all that, which is why you know you scream at them to change passwords and yep. all that sort of stuff because <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have the password legally for a period of time if you are not legally supposed to have it anymore. Yes. You're still breaking the law by using it. Yes, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act is a bitch. Yes. So, yeah, awesome. Ticketmaster and the Department of Justice says they didn't just kind of do it. They brazenly (laughs) held a division-wide summit at which the stolen passwords were used to access the victim company's computers as if that were an appropriate business tactic. Oh, my God, that's great. And promoted the employees who broke the law. They've already paid them $110 million back in 2018 over a lawsuit where they basically were accused of abusing its market power to control ticket sales. Ticketmaster is horrible that way and has basically done a Microsoft circa 1980 on all competitors. Um, They've just stopped them left, right, and center. But this is is just a new low. (laughs) It really is. Good job. And in other big, big news, Google workers have announced the plan to unionize, which you cannot throw a rock and not see a news story about it. And Um, Google laughed. I was going to say, (laughs) good fucking luck, Mr. (laughs) Alphabet uh, unionizers. I think at this point, uh, since Jack Ma has disappeared, they might find out where Jack is if they keep pushing with this, because they'll probably be joining him at some point soon. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, well, I I wish him the best of luck. I want it to happen. We'll see. Yeah. 
Good yeah. luck. Mm-hmm. But we know how these things work. Yes, we do. And I saw this over at the New Republic, and I just this is one of those ones that I just love because it's uh, it, everything you know, we've been saying. Everything we've been saying for years. It's but the title is great. Instacart is a parasite and a sham. Yep, been saying that the whole time. It's, it basically goes into how you know. We look if you've listened to the show more than a day, you know that <laughs> that gig the gig economy is crap and it's doomed to fail. The only people that have gotten out recently are, of course, DoorDash because they went public and you know filled their coffers. Now people are going to be cashing out there, so mm-hmm. would definitely recommend not buying stock in DoorDash. Yep, and this just goes through everybody saying, you know, yeah. These people are making insane, ridiculous, obscene amounts of money, but have never turned a profit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They had a quarter once. They had one quarter once when they were profitable. (laughs) Yeah. And And basically, they're also profitable on the backs of the restaurants because they're screwing them. They're not just screwing their own gig economy employers. They're screwing the people that they're actually taking the services from. Yeah, screwing the restaurants, also screwing the basically anybody that you can get delivered through one of these services. Uh, the grocery stores are like, yeah, we don't think we actually make any money with you guys. So I'm I'm wondering if grocery stores are going to start pulling access to them. And this comes back to what I said before. You know, there are ways to do this that aren't going to break the bank, still let you make money, and still employ people properly. Not as many people, but you know that at that point you're not screwing everybody, so yeah. people get paid, just not as many of them. Yep. And uh, still back in the gig economy here, I love this one. Gig companies seek labor deals to avoid workers becoming employees, and this is over in Europe, mm-hmm. and they are scrambling right now trying to get deals in place so all the different EU companies don't go. Yeah, you should treat people right because Europe has a tendency to do that. Well, we knew thing. this was going to happen as soon as we saw what happened in California. As soon yep. as they, as soon as they broke it and were able to keep everybody as as non employees, we knew that was going to set the precedent, and they were going to chase this everywhere else. There's also another precedent in Italy that they're trying to use as uh, as a measuring stick for the rest of them. I guess Spain is the next one that's up right now, and they're really, really trying to make sure that they can uh, get through in Spain so they mm-hmm. can keep doing what they do. Right. Well, as you also know, if you've listened to this show, and if you haven't listened to this show before, welcome. This is what we do. <laughs> so since uh, the gig economy is done with the news right now, let's move on to our good friend, AI. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I love this one. Chat roulette is back. Oh. Yes. That's a flashback. Literally. Tell me about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, the great dickening is what they should call it. So since it is back now, and they're trying to make it more consumer friendly, Right. Okay. (laughs) Yes. They have brought in a company called Hive, Mm -hmm. and this is an AI company. And they're, uh, they're, you know, it's basically hot dog detection is what they're trying to find here. Now, it's, it's of course, AI based. Mm -hmm. They are an AI specialist. Right. Now, I, I, this, of course, really got me going here because I, uh, I read the article. I actually read it. And we always say that AI is people, and it's still fucking people. Hive's co-founder and CEO, Kevin Guo, says the company's tools benefit from its workforce of more than 2 million people in more than 100 countries, annotating images with labels that include male nudity, shirtless male, and gun in hand. Okay, uh, gun in hand, I guess that's a euphemism. He says the distributed workforce inspired the company's name. This training data feeds Hive's model for predicting user behavior. Yes, so AI, still people. 
Still people. Still people. And to connect this to the previous stories, uh, these are not full-time employees. They are, of course, gig economy workers doing this. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, you get a, you get a you know a few shekels per per schlong is what you get. So. <laughs> two shekels per cock. That's it. That's, that's what I'm. Two shekels per cock in every pot. <laughs> That's, that was the promise of our forefathers. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, God. Now, in good news for AI, which I, I still think, you know, this is just good old-fashioned machine learning. Uh, this is a two-acre yep. vertical farm run by AI and robots, and it outproduces a 720-acre flat farm. Cool. This is actually really cool and good news. That is good news. Yeah. So I, I was checking out the pictures. This place looks really cool. This is very, you know, utopian instead of dystopian, which is not our normal fare. No, because there's so little of it. There's so little of it. There's actually only two acres of hope in the, in the known <laughs> universe right now. And this is it. So uh, it's definitely uh, worth checking out. And hopefully they can, you know, basically franchise this thing and get them everywhere because it mm -hmm. uses 95% less water, 99% less land. And is actually, you know, it, it's growing things. It's actually working. Excellent. That's the great part. That's All the right. great part. They're using drones and robots to improve crop maintenance, which just makes me think it's like those towers in the Matrix. We just got to plug some people in there and we're all <laughs> good that, to go. That's, where, that's, that's what they're not saying. That's what the AI is. <laughs> They've already got people mulching in the background. Great. Somebody let an AI watch the Matrix and it built this thing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, proof of concept. Proof of concept. And I saw this over at Fast Company. This is just a fun read if you're into this sort of thing. I won't cover it too much here, but it's called The Turing Test is Obsolete. It's time to build a new barometer for AI. And uh, it goes into the history of the Turing Test. And, you know, I'm a Turing nerd, so mm -hmm. it's, it's well worth the read. And they're just saying that, yeah, it's time. It's time to kind of figure something new out. All right. Well, let's get back to the dystopian aspect of AI. All right. <laughs> so, like, as we've been talking about for quite some time, AI does have a, quite a lot of biases in it, particularly against, oh, I don't know, black people, because it tends to be a lot of whiteies that are running these programs and feeding in white people into the mm -hmm. algorithm and uh, white in, white out. As they say, <laughs> wax on, wax off. Uh, self-driving car, a study has now come out saying self-driving cars are more likely to run you over if you are black. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Just like a soap dispenser, which they've also studied, which uh, did not recognize non-white skin tones very well, so would not dis would not dis would not dispense soap to Asian people or black people. Dude, I ran into this at O'Hare. One of the one of the maintenance guys was just bitching and moaning, and he's like, "This goddamn thing!" He grabbed a paper towel and had to stick a paper towel under it and move it really fast so he could get some soap on his hands so he could go back to work. He's like, "This fucking thing!" <laughs> Only well, apparently can wash they've, their hands. they've <laughs> taken these soap dispensers and put them in cars like flux capacitors because. <laughs> They're doing the same damn thing. The study has basically found out that uh, systems are 5% less accurate at detecting people with darker skin tones, and that held true even when taking into account time of day and partially obstructing the view of the pedestrians. So if you have got darker skin, you're going to get mowed down a lot quicker. Oh, God, please don't put these in cop cars. That's all we need. <laughs> They don't even need that system. They do it anyways. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's bad enough as it is. Let's just not let's not exacerbate the problem here. <laughs> and I saw this one over at Geekology. A Tesla autopilot drives from L.A. to San Francisco with no human interaction. And uh, basically, this guy went from you know he started at SpaceX and went up to uh, uh, Kettleman City okay. and uh, and got to San Jose. Now, two two things here. Mm -hmm. Basically, he was on the five. 
Now, yes. your kid can drive the five. It's it's pretty much a straight line. It's also the five during a pandemic, which normally I would say would actually probably help a bit. But L.A. is a fucking wasteland of people not paying attention. So at least once they got out of L.A., it was probably like three other cars on the road. No, it was actually I watched a lot of because I wanted to see how they how they were dealing with it. And I mean, I could almost smell Kauschwitz as they were driving by. Right. Uh, there are a lot of semis. There are a lot of semis on the okay. road because, you know, still got to move some stuff around. But it's still an easy drive. I mean, it's such an easy drive. Right. And he went to San Jose, which is like right before things actually get difficult. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's like, OK, if, if this guy drove to the Tenderloin and then parked in San yeah. Francisco, then I would be impressed. But, you know, basically, this is the easiest route you can take. Now, that said, I would love this on the five because <laughs> I hate that drive. I've done it like 50 times. And, uh, yeah, I would I would pay extra for that ability for right. sure. <laughs> but then again, I'd probably fall asleep and run into a semi like the, the one guy did. <laughs> that would be my problem. But anyway, hey, AI, self-driving cars in the gig economy. We're back, baby. <laughs> Media candy. Well, we did have a nice long break, Brian, so we watched a lot of stuff. At least I did. Mm -hmm. um, here's the one thing I didn't watch a lot of. Wonder Woman 1984. I made it 36 minutes before my brain melted and I had to turn it off. You? Uh, haven't even tried it because uh, I don't have HBO Max here, so it didn't really have the ability to watch it. And uh, basically, reviews seem pretty split. Uh, people who like sci-fi movies hated it, and people who have never seen a sci-fi or superhero movie ever liked it. Okay. It was, yeah, it, it was not good, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not exactly rushing to watch it. Don't, don't. Okay. It's two and a half hours, man. Oh, my God, again? Yeah, exactly. Which means there's like, you know, I think basically I got to 36 minutes and probably at minute 37, the final fight scene started. So, so these, what's wrong with these directors and editors? Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> Disney Plus uh, has a backlog of a lot of the old Marvel stuff. Some of those Spider-Man cartoons uh, that my kid loves and that I enjoy as well. Three minutes. They took three minutes to tell a story and it was wonderful. Do people really think we need two and a half hours of fucking Wonder Woman? Apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, another one I didn't quite make it through was Greenland. Uh, another end of the world type of uh, kind of deep impact Armageddon. Here that, comes the asteroid type I've of movie. I've not heard of this one. Yeah. Oh, this has... Um, oh, what's his nuts? I like the guy. Let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, Gerard Butler. I like mm. Gerard Butler. Right. And I bet this is... I mean, I was, I was kind of getting into it. Uh, and then I went over to watch Wonder Woman because <laughs> it is a dystopian movie, you know, Greenland. And I guess Wonder Woman might be, too. I just couldn't figure it out. I'm going to save it and come back to it because it was pretty decent up until the point where I, I turned it off. It is reminiscent of just about every other disaster movie mm -hmm. that you've ever seen. What, remember that John Cusack one with the earthquake? Yeah, vaguely. In, mm -hmm. in the ships and all that stuff. It's kind of kind of on that okay. par. So not a great movie, but something you can have a couple beers and kick back and watch. It is available now on demand. Um, I did watch Soul on Disney+. Uh -huh. Plus. Yes. Did you get a chance to watch that? No, because during the break we watched enough kids' movies, and I want to watch this prior to watching it with a kid to see if it's age-appropriate. I don't think it is age-appropriate, yeah, at least for your kid. That's what I figured. So. No, but it's good for you and the wife. Cool. It's a fantastic movie. I loved it. Absolutely yeah, everybody loved seems it. to think it's great, and, you know, it's Pixar, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been hit or miss for me lately, but... Uh, I, I I really I really really enjoyed it. I still cool. need to go see Inside Out. Everybody says I that was better. I loved that one. 
Yeah, everybody says that was a great one. Uh, what was the other one? There was another one in between that I didn't get into. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Soul, good stuff. And I've been watching Your Honor on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is a weird one. This is a very weird one. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's getting mixed reviews as well. It's Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. And he plays a judge, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the good guy who has to do bad things. Right. That's, so, that's, that's his thing now. Yes, the good guy who has to do bad things with a very stupid kid. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's nine episodes. I think five are out now. I've only watched four. We're saving the other one because we went back and started to watch Succession because that is a much better show than anything <laughs> we've watched over the pandemic so far. Uh, I did watch The Minimalists. Less is now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the second movie The Minimalists have made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time I mentioned that there didn't even need to be one minimalists movie that is that is a good joke but now now we have two and um yeah i don't get it these guys are you know the the poster children for minimalism uh they started in october 2009 when they started with a blog Mm -hmm. of course it's always starts with a blog well i had a blog called spartanized and that was in 2007 because i lived out of my car or i didn't live out of my car but i lived with enough stuff to to basically get everything in my car and i had a ford escort to move whenever i wanted to and now you have a wall of microphones yes i do because because minimalism is bullshit it is (laughs) you know what it is it's a fad diet for your stuff the Mm -hmm. same with the marie kondo stuff yeah you're gonna get skinny for a little bit but it's gonna come back it's always gonna come back so it's it's a you know it's a short-term fix for a long-term problem. The amount of stuff you have is not what makes you sad, people. It's not. So okay. just it's I, the rest of the world beating you down. It, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you buy the stuff you need. If you don't like it, throw it away. Give it away. Sell it. Do something with it. Don't don't hook the ills of the world on the fact that you got drunk and went on Amazon last night. <laughs> that is the pro- The problem is why are you getting drunk and going on Amazon every night? Yes. Fix that problem first. It's not the stuff. <laughs> and I did watch Death to 2020. I watched it last night. What'd you think? I thought it was hilarious. I they threw <laughs> they threw a gazillion jokes at the wall. Some of them stuck, some of them didn't, but enough of them stuck that uh, I was laughing and uh, and uh, tears at some points. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. <laughs> Because when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I don't need another recap. And then I'm like, then I saw it was uh, the Black Mirror guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fuck it. I'm in. And then, yeah. you know, within the first and 10 seconds. I couldn't believe was, that was Hugh Grant. I could not believe it. It was amazing. Oh, I, I pegged him like right at the first thing. Because I saw him in something recently. And I'm like, hey, that's Hugh Grant. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. He was in that HBO thing recently that uh, everybody made fun of with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he was gr- he was great in it, and I it, you know I honestly I was getting ready to turn it off even before I started, and then Sam Jackson comes on. I'm like, well, I'm in. <laughs> if Sam's gonna do it, I'm in. I'm in. And uh, just some new stuff that came out that I'm gonna check out this weekend. Uh, you, this is for fans of the show. The history of swear words with, of course, Nicolas Cage, which is mm-hmm. a strange casting decision that's out today on netflix and if you're a neil gaiman fan his audio of the sleeper in the spindle is available for about three more weeks for the world for free so there's a link to that in the show notes if you want to go check that out pretty good cast pretty good all right i uh i watched the midnight sky on netflix the dystopian george clooney movie how'd that go 
Uh, it was okay. Uh, I liked all the sequences uh, on the ship. I thought that was very well done. But uh, the he directed it, and I just uh, actors should never direct themselves. So if mm. you really want to watch about an hour and a half of George Clooney looking like modern current David Letterman staring into the camera pensively, <laughs> then this is the movie for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a miss. It's it's just not. It's there are so many better things out there that do what this does. So okay, you know, it, it, it was fine. It burned two hours. Okay. So, uh, what I did really enjoy, and I was very surprised by, is I watched Palm Springs, an Adam Sandberg comedy that basically it's the premise of Groundhog Day. It's it's take Groundhog Day, get rid of any of the philosophy, and just make a lot of fart jokes. And it was okay. it was thoroughly enjoyable. I All loved right. every second of it. I highly recommend it. It was it was a great escape. It was very funny. And I normally don't like Adam Sandberg. I think he's too much. Uh, but Adam Sandberg towed down his Sandbergness, so it was very okay. good. All right. Uh, I am watching The Stand on CBS. I'm now three whatever they're up to now. I think which is I think three episodes could be four. Can't really remember. Uh, thoroughly enjoying it. It's a very well done remake. All right. We'll talk so, about the stand again in a moment. Yeah. And uh, Star Trek Discovery continues on. Uh, what have we got? One more episode to get through before I can cancel CBS? Oh, shit. Now I have to I, wait for the stand end. I think it, it goes. I think it goes for. I think it goes to 14. Okay. So two more episodes. Now, All right. Well, I, yeah, here's, it's here's, there. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mentioned this, I think, in our Discord chat. I almost threw my remote through the screen with the Die Hard tribute. You you caught that homage <laughs> to yes, Die Hard? Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Um, yeah, this this show is just like a fucking participation trophy for inclusion. It's like, oh, God. It, I think the best line in the last episode, this isn't really that much of a spoiler, but close your ears for 10 seconds. The, the guy saying that everything was made of shit was fantastic. Yes. That, was that was good. That was good. That was very funny. But you know what I do miss? I miss like, you know, I want the Deadwood of Star Trek. Like, you know... What they did with DS9 back and they had Quark's Bar and they literally had a hollow brothel. You know, people were going to screw holograms back then, but they, you know, they toned it down. And see, what you need is you need the Mandalorian of Star Trek. I do. I really do. That's what made me think of it. I was just like, I need something that's that's edgier, that's at least well, like, you know, a, let's do this thing. It's a weird thing because the thing about Star Trek Discovery is I think that's what they're shooting for because it goes against so many of these Star Trek, you know, Federation type principles. Like they're they're kind of a-holes. They do the wrong thing all the time. You don't have that, you know, we're, we're good people trying to do good things feeling uh, from it. And I just, they're failing. It's not yep. working for me. What I will say is it looks gorgeous. It's uh, beautifully directed. It's just the stories are shit. The stories are shit and the main character's acting is shit. Oh, yeah. She's horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. But, I mean, you got Jonathan Frakes behind the wheel. Yeah, it looks Doing the beautiful. directing. Of mm-hmm. course it's going to be good, you know? Yeah. They need to bring in Robert Rodriguez like they did with The Mandalorian. And, like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we need Quentin Tarantino behind well, Star Trek. he was supposed to do a Star Trek. We'll see. Oh, man. That would be great. I doubt it's ever going to happen, though. Uh, speaking of Star Trek and a bit of good news, it has been confirmed that the ashes of James Doohan, who played Scotty, are aboard the ISS, which is pretty cool. Uh, they basically smuggled it up 
Uh, Richard Garriott, one of the first private citizens to travel on the space station, managed to smuggle some of his ashes into the space station's Columbus model. He took a laminated picture of Duhan and some of his ashes and put it under the floor of the Columbus. He didn't tell anyone about the scheme. Only he and the family knew until now. Unfortunately, they didn't uh, talk to the scientists, and then the ISS blew up. <laughs> Because maybe we shouldn't be sneaking shit to the ISS. All I can think of is the the scene in Pulp Fiction about the the watch. <laughs> Where was James Doohan smuggled on the ship at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy it happened, but it probably would have been a good idea. You know, in this world that we live in now, maybe we shouldn't find out that you can actually smuggle things into space. Exactly. Although I'm sure the Russians have smuggled some vodka up there on occasion. Yes. And I think I read that. Yeah, they, I think they have. There's been a wonderful thing taking place on Twitter. Uh, you have to be of a certain age. Now, I, I to be fair, I, I never liked this band, but I am enjoying this immensely. As the article at the Washington Post states here, a strange ray of light appeared at the end of one of the unhappiest years in recent memory when Max Collins, frontman of Eve Six. Do you remember that band, Jason? I know the name, but I couldn't tell uh, you the Hard song. in a Blender song. Nope. Couldn't call, okay, well, you'll have to Google to, it. I'm sure I've listened to it, but yeah. He returned to the controls of the 1990s rock band's dormant Twitter account and tweeted, I was literally a virgin when I wrote the Heart in a Blender song. And since then, oh boy, has he kept up on Twitter. Really? <laughs> it has been amazing. Uh, the account can best be summed up by inverse writer David Grossman, who tweeted, Eve 6 Twitter account redeeming 2020 inch by inch. <laughs> okay. As they point out here, Twitter and aging rock bands have long been strange bedfellows from Smash Mouth's endless battle with the Shrek movie franchise, which we have covered here, to <laughs> Trapped defending statutory rape and then getting their account suspended, which we have also covered here. Uh, nobody is using it quite like Collins is. Uh, it's amazing. It's filled with self-deprecation. We're the youngest band on the heritage circuit. Uh, faux maybe rivalries, the guy from Third Eye Blind paying a million dollars for opposition research on Eve 6, and road stories, which have been amazing. He is spilling the beans on 90s alt-rock bands, and it is hilarious, and I hope this guy gets a book deal. All right. I'll check it out. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. 
They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cyber crimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the Internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once. They monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Ups and doodads. Big sir. Mm-hmm. Big sir. Yes, sir. Little update on that because right when uh, we went to break, we were just getting that kind of going on everything. You went, you went balls to the wall and did it right away. Yep. 
but I'm an audio professional and found out that uh, you never do that when you're running with audio on a Mac. But uh, turns out it's not too bad. Everything yeah, works. Just fine. Yeah, I got everything working. There was there was one thing that I was waiting for, and that finally updated. So I I updated all my machines to Big Sur, and uh, yeah, because I, I was listening to uh, the Accidental Tech Podcast, and they made one very good point, which was okay, the old OS no longer in development, so right. the only updates are going to be on Big Sur going forward. So you might as well switch. So I did. Everything seems to be working. This was not a compared to some of the recent updates which took almost a year to be able to use <laughs> with some of my software. Uh, this one was pretty painless. No, was... they fixed things pretty quick, as we discussed at the time. it was uh, There were some definite slowdown issues if you leapt in immediately, but uh, everything's running along hummingly now. Yeah, yeah. And everything is running along even more hummingly on my Apple M1 Air. Not a minimalist. Not a minimalist. I, I, that's, that's, I've, I have four computers that I use now. I have an editing station, which is an iMac 5K. I'm recording this on my my master beast. Uh, this is a MacBook Pro 16-inch loaded to the gills. That's my main like workhorse computer. In the house, in my desk, on my uh, uplift desk. Uh, not an uplift desk. One of those ones that you can raise and lower with your hands. Um, I got that with uh, a Mac Mini loaded to the gills so I can edit in my bedroom. And then for the roaming around, I have the new Apple M1 Air. And I got to say, the M1 Air is pretty fucking snappy. It's, <laughs> I've it's, heard people it's say annoying. it's better than, than uh, older MacBook Pros. Uh, well, some people were saying it's better than the, the brand new 16-inch that I'm running here. And I have to tell you, it is not. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination that good you know it's uh that's a 15 the m1's a $1500 laptop the macbook pro is a $4400 laptop and i don't care what kind of chip that apple's going to put in it it's not going to bridge that gap and there's only two uh thunderbolt ports on it because that's all they can use with the m1s right now so i think though as soon as they come out with the power versions so the next macbook pros like the the big macbook pros and the imacs that are going to have the next m level chips mm -hmm. basically are just going to blow the doors off of anything you've ever seen right there i mean it is incredible the battery lasts for like a week that's the other thing it's incredible how yeah i mean it lasts for like 17 hours and it you just forget and it just keeps going and going and going so all in all, that was a really good purchase, I have cool. to say. I will think about getting one, although I'm still considering going all PC again next time. Yeah, and they're still working. That's the thing with the M1s is that uh, it's not an Intel chip anymore, so you can't run things like uh, Parallels yet. Yeah, right. They are working with the Parallels people to make that work, but Parallels on my 16-inch MacBook Pro runs faster than almost any PC I've ever had. So right. <laughs> that works really well. <laughs> and I did try Brave again on the you M1 because... Um, you know what it doesn't have anymore? That horrible CPU issue that we had forever. Ah, okay. So it might have it, but the M1 might just be fast enough that you don't even notice it. <laughs> right. But it is a, it's um, basically, it's got native support for M1s now. Everything else runs through Rosetta. I think Chrome has it, but, you know, we just covered all the issues with Chrome a couple of weeks ago. So mm -hmm. um, it, I don't know if you've seen this, Brian, because we've been Vivaldi guys for so long. On all of my Vivaldi machines, I am running into video problems every now and again. Like some videos will just fritz out and they won't even play right. You just get like, you know, uh, it looks like a Mondo 2000 uh, video. <laughs> no, from I, haven't, the I 90s. haven't seen that. And we've been playing a lot of video on these laptops. Interesting. Yeah, maybe I've got some kind of video conflict on mine. But uh, yeah, I get that like at least once or twice a day and you have to reboot. 
It's weird. It works fine. Like if I just open up Safari and run it, it works great. But it's just like particular videos. Like I was watching the trailer for Cocoon from the IM from IMDb this morning. Completely freaked out. Open the same URL up in Safari. Works fine. I I don't get it. Weird. Yeah. So if anybody's had that issue, let me know if you come across it and if you have a fix for it. Uh, did you get any good gadgets for Christmas, Brian? No. I did. <laughs> good. Because uh, I got them for myself because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. When I heard that DJI was you know, possibly getting banned here in the U.S., I immediately ran out and bought the DJI Pocket 2. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted one of the Pockets. Mm-hmm. because uh, I like them. It's literally just a cam- camera and a gimbal in one, and you can clip it onto your phone. A um, couple hundred bucks, but 4K, really compact and nice, and it's it's cool. I just wish we weren't under a fucking pandemic so I could go out and use it. <laughs> yeah. I've been well, using my that. yeah I've been using my Mavic Two Mini to go out and see the world because that's a, that drone is so much fun, dude. <laughs> you would have a blast with it. Um, it's just it's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, so I got to say, so far the DJI Pocket Two does what it says it does. It takes video at 4K with a gimbal. All Beyond right. that, <laughs> I haven't had much use for it. I like products that do what they say on the tin. Yeah. And it was also, you know, like a Christmas deal. So that was kind of the other impetus. It was like 70 bucks off. So I'm like, if I'm going to get one, might as well get it now. Because A, DJI might not be available for a while. Uh, and uh, also it's cheaper. So whatever. Right. Uh, and I got the Breathe app. Okay. N- another one of those apps that, you know... Ah, makes you happy. Makes you See, relax. I, I just I look at the homepage and I think bullshit. It is bullshit. <laughs> okay, it is absolute fucking bullshit. Uh, but they're bullshit with a budget. Okay. So they've got ads everywhere. So I checked it out. Even before I finished signing up and, and confirming my email address, I got I got two emails from Breathe mm. when I signed up through the app. First one was upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. The second one I got was please confirm your email address. <laughs> <laughs> So they put you on the list before they even, even do it. Now, uh, when I was going through some of the uh, the goal setting in Breathe, I got to the part where it says, achieve success. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's not good. That's not good. I'm pretty sure uh, an audio program that is just teaching me how to breathe is going to make me achieve success. Then there was press pause for your dogs. Now, even I'm not going there. And the final, final one that was the nail in the coffin was manifest abundance. Take the secret and shove it up your fucking ass. Breathe. I'm not into that shit. Yeah, that is a that is a load of crap that a lot of people buy. So I can see their target market. Yes. Yes, and uh, we have one more app called Rune, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show, Matt, or uh, Killer Q, as he is yes. over on Discord. Um, he said, friends with benefits of the show, Matt. Uh, I, I, don't, I haven't got any benefits. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Rune is basically software, so you run your local library and you can connect to different devices. Yep. Looks pretty cool. Looks cool. Uh, I was reading up on it on the Discord channel as well, and the the nail in the coffin for me was apparently you cannot stream to your phones, only to other equipment, which is like, oh, can we fix that? Yeah. (laughs) That seems silly. Yeah. Especially for people with like teenagers that are just sitting in their room and don't have hi-fi equipment. Or me, who doesn't really have (laughs) hi-fi equipment anymore. I've got my Sonos system, the Sonos Ones, and I thought Mm -hmm. this would be it. This would be perfect. If I can stream my library to my Sonos, fantastic. Now, the the problem that I had with it was 
there is a Synology model or module that you can get to run on your Synology, which I thought would be perfect. I run it on my NAS. My processor's not good enough, so I'd have to get a new NAS to run this, and I'm not going to have a dedicated computer for just running my music to my Sonos, so whatever. And also, uh, fuck, subscription. you got to pay yeah. for a fucking subscription for it. For a piece of software. Uh, for a piece of software that does not change over time. Yes. Uh, if there's an update, yes, I'll pay for the upgrade in the future, but I'm not going to pay monthly for something that streams my music. Sorry, guys. There's 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 this whole uh, program. Actually, there's a handful of them out there that are monthly subscriptions that not only stream your music, but have all the music on them. <laughs> exactly. They're and it works to your phone. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> uh, they do have a partnership with Tidal, by the way. Oh, joy. Yes, and they also have a uh, a device. They have an appliance, a music appliance that you can plug in, and it starts at wait for it fifteen hundred dollars. So right. it's a it's a hard Moving. drive and a chip. <laughs> for fifteen hundred dollars, I can buy two Mac Minis and run them in parallel, so I can double rune if, if I only there were to. still a Radio Shack for fifteen bucks. I could go build one of those myself. No shit, no shit. <laughs> And since I was bouncing around on Amazon, I got I got it. You might also like this notification. The Dash Smart Shelf. Mm-hmm. Now we've we've made fun of this in the past, I believe. Yes. It's basically a scale that you put in your in your closet with your stuff on it. And when it, when the weight gets low enough and whatever you put on top of it, it will remind you to order some more. And or you can have it set to order some more for you. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I love this because the, the, it's, it's 12 bucks. 12 bucks for an auto-replenishment scale. Fine. Right. Okay. Uh, so I read the first review, which is a five out of five stars mm-hmm. from James Carroll. Great way to make money. This is awesome. I put a stack of $100 bills on this and use them to pay for stuff. Once my stack gets low, Amazon just sends me another. Don't even have to ask. The federal government could really use these. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was actually just thinking, what happens if you put an Amazon Dash smart shelf on top of an Amazon Dash smart shelf? Does Amazon actually just blink out of existence? We need to try this. <laughs> Oh, the singularity happens. That's what happens. <laughs> and uh, just a quick note, rest in peace, Flash. Finally. We've only been talking about how Flash is going away since we started this podcast. Steve Jobs was still alive. <laughs> yes, but after December 31st, it is officially done. Finally. Until it comes back again. <laughs> and yes. speaking of things that are hilariously obsolete, I did like this link. It's just, you know, it's just a time waster from demilk.com. 30 things from the past that look hilariously obsolete today. You will see the stereo systems that would work with Rune in there <laughs> um, that nobody has anymore. And my God, that McDonald's ashtray. I have to go look at this. I, I will definitely check this out when we're done. At the library. I found a couple fun websites over the break. Uh, The first one is Complexity Condensed, which isn't actually a website. It's a newsletter. I should have remembered my notes before I even started the segment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a weekly newsletter that explores complex events, concepts, and ideas and explains them in exactly 500 words. Did you get a chance to check these out? I signed up for it, and I must be in between because it's been like five or six days, and I have yet to get one. However, I did go to the website to see what exactly I was signing up for and what I'll be getting. And I read the How Does Bitcoin Work one because Bitcoin's been a bit in the news. And I don't really feel like I got a condensed explanation of how it works. I mean, I got the very basics of it, but not not as much as I wanted. Well, it's only 500 words. Yeah, but still. 
Check out some of the other ones. Uh, I didn't I didn't look at the Bitcoin one because I already know how Bitcoin works. So I figured that wasn't going to be, <laughs> you know, that useful. But some of the other ones were pretty good. It's uh, and I think he's yeah, he's on break right now, coming back from the holidays like everybody ah, else. There you go. So I am signed up. So I'm looking forward to it. It seems like a, an interesting thing. It's, it says three to five minute read tops, which I can do every morning. That's cool. Learn something new every morning in 500 words. I'm into well, it's, it. It's once a week. Not it's not every, every morning. morning. <laughs> well, get on it, dude. <laughs> That's why he does have a back catalog. Go check those out. And I found the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. It's a compendium of invented words written by John Koenig. Each original definition aims to fill a hole in the language to give a name to emotions we all might experience but don't yet have a word for. So it's sniglets for emotions. Pretty much. Okay. It's great. Uh, I like Vimodlin, the frustration of photographing something amazing when thousands of identical photos already <laughs> exist. The same sunset, the same waterfall, the same curve of a hip, the same close-up of an eye, which can turn a unique subject into something hollow and pulpy and cheap, like a mass-produced piece of furniture you happen to have assembled yourself. <laughs> I love that. And the other one I had was chirosclerosis. The moment you realize that you're currently happy, consciously trying to savor that feeling, which prompts your intellect to identify it, pick it apart and put it in context where it will slowly <laughs> dissolve until it's little more than an aftertaste. That's I live in that. I know. That's why <laughs> some people shoot for keto. I get Cairo. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, there's a bunch of them. It's, uh, it's basically an old Tumblr account is what it looks like, but there's a lot of them in there. So it's fun. It's fun. And since you mentioned the stand, we've always talked about the stand. Mm -hmm. I got the stand. I got the audio book for the stand and I'm going through it mm -hmm. um, one chapter at a time, which is how you do audio books. It's, all, it's uh, how you do books. That, that too. That too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, it's it's great because they're short chapters. They like perfectly fit into my walks, like twenty minute chapters, so I can do like a little over a mile and come back and feel like I've I've made progress, uh, which is good because it is a forty eight hour audiobook. It's a big book. It's also the uh, the newer version with the stuff added back in. Ah, uh, right. Yes, it's not the. I, OG. I did go back and reread that as well. Um, okay, so it, is it worth it, the the extra stuff? Stephen King got me when he told me why he did what he did. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. I'll, I'll listen to it. Uh, I mean, it, you know, we'll see if you like it. <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> like, I, I, I love the stand so much that for me, going back and getting all the extra stuff, uh, definitely worth it. Um, okay. But, you know, I, I really like the book. So more more was better for me. All right. Mo better mo. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. liking it so far. Security? Ha! We're back again in 2021 with our man Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberwire podcast and also the co-host of the social engineering podcast Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. Happy 2021, Dave! Woo! Hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the grumpy man now? I am very, I'm very grumpy. Is it purely because we have no Star Wars to discuss? No, no, <laughs> no. We went through years of that. That I can deal with. That, <laughs> that I'm prepared for. No, I. All right. So okay. imagine if you will. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's the day before a long winter break. Mm -hmm. It's the last day of work before I take a week long vacation. Wrapping up things. One of the last things I did was I upgraded my edit system to macOS Big Sur. 
As part mm -hmm. of the process, I decided that I was going to install the system on a brand new SSD drive because the spinning internal drive of my 5K iMac is a little pokey and why not? Okay. So I have an external SSD. I install the operating system. All goes well. The last thing I do before I leave for a break is I start running Migration Assistant. Migration Assistant tells me it has about 11 hours worth of work to do. This is no problem. This is nothing unusual, something all of us Mac users have been through before. Mm -hmm. So winter break comes. I enjoy a lovely Christmas with my family. Decide on the Wednesday during break to just swing by the office, not far from my home, check to see how the computer's doing. Come in, the computer's off. This is not good. <laughs> it's not what it should be. <laughs> Power on the computer... Startup chime happens. The uh, the meter comes up with the the progress bar, the Apple logo. Goes for a what I would consider a reasonable amount of time. Computer powers off. Not good. <laughs> Power computer on again. Startup chime. We go through this dance several times. I boot into recovery mode. Recovery mode works. For some reason. Who knows what happened? I'm okay. I can live with this. I've got plenty of time. It's the middle of vacation. Not a big deal. I've been using Macs for a long time. I'm used to this particular brand of pain. <laughs> Reinstall the system. Everything goes fine. Go to run. Migration assistant. Look for my original uh, user account. Gone. Hmm, that's interesting. Where did it go? Just gone. It's no longer on the internal hard drive. Well, this is not a problem. I have a time machine backup, a backup that I ran. The last thing I did was make sure before I did migration assistant the first time, I made sure time machine was up to date. Go look for my time machine backup. Gone. <laughs> Blank drive. <laughs> Nothing there. I'm having Windows flashbacks. This is weird. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, look to my external RAID, my high-speed RAID, which I use to store media and so forth. Place where, in the in the days before SSDs, we would stripe hard drives together to get speed, and this is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Blank, empty. The entire RAID is gone. Wow. Entire RAID is gone. Oh my! The drive works. It's as if it had just been initialized. Still has the, the name of the, the volume is there. There's just no data on it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I went into this thinking that I was really covered in terms of backups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not expecting that my time machine would be wiped clean in this process. Um, and so began... A great journey of <laughs> restoring files, using advanced software to undelete things on files, re restoring files from the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, the good news is that the day-to-day -day stuff, the stuff that we need to do, the, the work that we do at the CyberWire, it's all already cloud-based. It's all, you know, we, that, we're on board with that. So there's nothing that would keep me from doing the work I needed to do. But it's the furry um, folder. 
It's the furry folder. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're one yeah. step ahead I, of me. I, I understand. Yeah. All of my, all of my, <laughs> shall I say, personal files <laughs> are gone. Now, the restoration software worked very well. I got back way more than I expected to. Um, so stuff I don't know. that shouldn't have actually been there has shown back yeah, up. <laughs> really, stuff I meant to get rid of for good. Um, but I got, uh, a, no. I got a nice knocker from the restoration <laughs> hardware. So I don't know if this type of software has gotten better over the years because it's been a while since I've had to use it. So what did you use? Is, what, what, which one was this? I used two different ones. Um, I'll, hold on. I'll look real quick here. I used um, Disk Drill. Okay. That sounds and, safe. And Stellar Data Recovery. Hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds stellar. And, and they both – they were, you know, they're about 100 bucks each and they both did a remarkable job of getting all kinds of things back. However – while you get your files back, you don't get your file names back. Oh, <laughs> no. So I have a folder with about 10,000 MP3 files. <laughs> None of them that have names. Now, let me tell you, they laughed at me when I started every one of my interviews with, will you please say your name and spell it? <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> oh, I think they're still laughing. They're still <laughs> laughing. We're laughing for sure. <laughs> so there's going to be an intern who's going to be cursing because they're the one who's going to have to go through. You're you're employing back. the people, Dave. It's a it's a it's a it's very good of you. It's an unpaid position. So oh. <laughs> yeah, my um my vacation was cut a little short. Uh, hey Jack, get over here. I've got something to, for you to do. Having to deal with this. And anyone who's been through this knows the sinking feeling mm -hmm. that happens. And imagine me going from volume to volume, starting off with, well, that's odd. Well, I'll just go to my backup. <laughs> Not a big deal. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, let me just go over here. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know we're, that. So I'm sorry. We're not we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. I know. We've, I know. We've I mean, been there. We've all been oh, yes. there. And, and there is. A, I, I've been going through all the different stages of grief. There is a sort <laughs> sort of a cleansing thing that happens when you realize that some things are just gone and you have to let them go, and <laughs> mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. I've been through this before, and I will go through it again. But it doesn't get any more fun when when it happens to you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure people will write in and they'll have all sorts of things of, oh, I told you so's and why didn't you's. And... Oh, nobody ever writes in. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> you know, shame, I, sure. Shame on me for not having unplugged my, my time machine before I ran the upgrade. Whatever. I mean, yes. Well, that actually is a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> red, right, had, it, had it all worked fine? Salt in the wound. It's, it all works great. It all works great right up until the moment when it doesn't. So, yes, I've been kicking myself for all these things. But anyway, so the healing process is underway. Okay. Uh, so if I sound a little down in the dumps, if I don't have that usual pep in my step or lift in my voice, that is why it's been. So file lust for life has been deleted. That's why. <laughs> so do things that have happened to me in these situations happen to you as well as in like you're just about to fall asleep. Then all of a sudden you remember something specific that, you know, is probably lost. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Isn't yes. Fun? yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes, you go through that thing. where you are like, well, it doesn't seem like anything too bad or irreplaceable has begun. Oh, oh. crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
and of course it's the middle of the night. <laughs> That's when you reach for that bottle of feels, <laughs> yeah. and you tip it up to the end. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm I'm well along the road of getting things back and reinstalling things and getting things up and running, and but it'll probably be several months before I am, am fully done with discovering. Things that I just want to reach for that are no, no longer there. Yeah. Well, oh, you will find my. out things you can you can now live without. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, minimalism, as we discussed a little <laughs> earlier in the episode. Yes. <laughs> as exactly. we discussed that. We also discussed, Dave, you missed this part where uh, all of our move to Big Sur was actually quite flawless and everything yes. seemed to work. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck both of you. Fuck both of you. Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> fuck you, Brian. Fuck you both. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't like the curse. You know, I generally don't. It's something I generally don't want to do let me just say without reservation <laughs> fuck you guys both of you fuck you guys that's well, my new ringtone uh, i think we have we have a new mp3 to send to you but don't worry we won't name tell it you, i feel much better now actually <laughs> boy that really lifted my spirits i feel oh, like i've been God. wanting to get that out for a while <laughs> i'm glad we could be here for you dave yeah, yeah. Yes. all right so so How was uh, your break? To, well, to, to, <laughs> because as you were going through this, I felt so bad. I actually found a Star Wars story for you to lift Aww. your spirits. Star Wars: The High Republic trailer reveals Lucasfilm's new interconnected mega story. Yeah, I did yeah. see that, and I'm. I guess I'm on the fence. I, I I can't say I've ever really been into the books or the comic books. Yeah, but. that's my problem too. If it's not TV or a movie, it's kind of under my radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, fine. Fuck you guys. (laughs) I tried to help. But you know what, Jason? I will say the thing you put in here, you put in this link to uh, Radio Shack stuff. Uh, That did lift my spirits. Um, Yeah, this came across my Twitter, and it's a uh, a link to some uh, apparel and collectibles. So you can get an old Radio Shack T-shirt. And uh, have you you, uh, purchased yet? I have not yet. Um, uh, Today I (laughs) – I don't think you guys know. I, I have a love for the Muppets, and uh, mm-hmm. so today I ordered a Kermit the Forg T-shirt, which is <laughs> a deep cut for an old uh, segment that was on Sesame Street. If I, I I tell you, if you want to laugh, go look it up. Kermit freaking <laughs> out. Uh, go just do search for Kermit the Forg on YouTube, and it's okay. very very funny. Anyway. Um, no, but this – I mean there were a couple of T-shirts that I liked on here. I like the one with the color computer logo. I like the one with the old Model 1. Uh, it made me think that I wish that I had not lost or gotten rid of my old Radio Shack name tag from when I worked there. Cause uh, I still have oh. my Kinko's name tag. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. somewhere have my Disneyland name tag in a box oh, somewhere. Nice. Yeah. My wife has all of her Disney name tags, and but she also has – Lots of name tags with names that aren't hers from oh. which she went to Disney. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, they, they, mm. way back in the day before, you know, I think they make you like check these things in and out with scanners now and they've got, oh. you know, trackers on them because they are high high quality trading uh, objects on the Ebays and things of that nature for people uh-huh. that have never worked there. But back in the day when I worked there and probably your wife as well, there used to just be a big bucket. It was like the lost and found of name yeah. tags. And I would always search through it to find really funny names. And I'm sure I have a couple of other people's names as well. Yeah. I know yeah. we have an Aretha. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she said you could just you could just order them. Like it was no – just, oh, you just yeah. went cool. in and they'd send you whatever you wanted. Huh. So, yeah, different time. 
Yep. It's funny. I still have pretty much most of my old name tags from all the companies I worked at, uh, Paramount. And the funny one I still have is Warner Brothers Records. And <laughs> that was one that I, I tried a year and a half after I got fired and uh, still let me in the parking lot. So yeah. also a different time. They weren't so good with the security back then, were they? No, this is about <laughs> 10 years ago. So actually it was longer than that. Longer, longer than, than that 10 now, years. man. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, the chalet is gone, but my past probably still works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of things that not being as secure as they once were, we have discovered that the Solar Winds hack has gotten a bit deeper, specifically into Microsoft systems, than has been previously disclosed. Uh, they now have confirmed that they have found compromised code in their system and says the hackers were able to gain access to source code. Uh, they say that none of it was modified and its investigations will continue. And, you know, a lot of googly gawk about you don't need to worry about anything, even though we're kind of telling you that maybe you do need to worry a little bit about some stuff. Maybe uh, we don't really know here. So I have two jokes here and I wasn't sure which one to go with. Um <laughs> They accessed the source code and 10 billion lines later figured out they'd only seen the code so far for Clippy or <laughs> now they know how to access your brain once you get the COVID vaccine. Ah, uh, very nice. Very nice. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I will add that uh, Microsoft's attitude towards source code is that they assume that the code is available so they don't rely on the source code to be a security element. Yes, and if you um, use Microsoft products, you know they don't rely on the source code for much. <laughs> <laughs> but evidently, a lot of the source code for older versions of, of Windows are just out there. Um, so I think this is kind of the, – the actual uh, getting of the source code is not a big deal. The Of course, the breach itself, the fact that they got in to get the source code, that's the big deal. Yeah. But the fact that they got the source code eh, probably doesn't really mean much. Yep. And the other security story that I had over the break was just something we kind of already knew, which is our cars track an awful lot of information and uh, they're recording all kinds of data and much more than you would probably expect. Uh, the thing that I did not know about this story, and I don't know why I was surprised I shouldn't be, is the fact that there is basically a company that exists purely to mine that data and extract it for the police and anybody else that can basically wants to buy it. Anybody with a credit card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I noticed uh, when I got my current car, when, when I, you know, got, I think we may have talked about this, that what, you know, when I hook up my phone with Bluetooth, the first thing it does is suck in all of my contacts. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is justified in that it wants to show me pretty pictures of everybody when they call me. But uh, I turned that off. Yeah. Right, right, but quick. Too late. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. already gone. <laughs> well, and the thing that I, I I don't remember if we talked about it in security with you, Dave, or if this is just something that Jason and I talked about quite a while ago is, is when you sell the cars now, half the time the dealers don't really know how to wipe the data and clean it out for the next person. Or if you right. sell it, you know, if you, you use the penny trader or whatever and sell it personally, people aren't wiping their cars first. And that process is not as intuitive as you'd think they should be making it considering, you know, most people don't keep their car for the life of the car anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I didn't even think about that and I work at this show and when I traded <laughs> in my last car to get my new one, I didn't do anything. I just thought, here are the keys. See ya. Well, and I know my address full contact is, list. <laughs> yeah. I, I know my contact list is in there. So 
yeah, sorry. <laughs> any, any, yeah. you know, I mean, C-level big... celebrities that might get a call. But I mean, it gets, it gets more uh, involved when you think about, like we talked about specifically, like I bought the BMW and I can open the car with my app and you actually have to, uh, you have to untether them. Now, mm-hmm. if I just sell my car and I see it on the street, my app will still unlock the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember I, 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 we, I think we did talk about it here. I talked to a guy who was a security researcher who had a, he sold a Ford Mustang. And uh, long after he sold the car, he could still bring up its location on GPS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember um, that story. Yeah. And he could, he could remotely start the car from, from his phone. Yeah. And, he, and this was a couple of years ago, but he couldn't get Ford to really do anything about it. Yeah. Um, well, fortunately for him, the app sucks so much right now. It connects about ten percent of the time, so I don't think he's. Uh, <laughs> I know with mine, it's just like you have to t- go to your car and repair physically because you know you updated the app, so it doesn't work anymore. Please go get some new security keys. I'm like, I just want my butt to be warm when I go to the grocery store in the morning. Please, can I just mm-hmm. start it from the house? <laughs> so, I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about. Do we consider that the keys to the car are your form of authentication? That appears to be the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, some it always has been so, but I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. as technology has moved on, they need to have some other ideas here. Right. And it doesn't seem like this information is being encrypted while it's being stored on the car or anything like that. Because why would you do that? Yes, because, uh, you know, if you have the phone that opens the car and you can get to all that information and it's unencrypted and, oh, look, they also happen to have a, uh, oh, here's the home address. Let me drive by. Oh, look, they have a ring door lock. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, at least the good thing about the Fords is even if I start the car with the phone and I go out to the car and I get in and then you have to press like the brake and the power button to get it to fully start so you can drive it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your fob with you, you cannot drive the car. Mm, okay. So it, it will not it will not allow you to start it and it will turn off after 15 minutes. Hmm. So I know you that can't is, actually steal it. I know that's not the case with the Tesla. Because I remember hearing a story about a guy that basically left his fob on the wheel of the Tesla and somebody else mm-hmm. was started the car with uh, the phone app and then they basically drove off and, you know, destroyed the fob hmm. and the car worked hmm. just fine. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what, that's, that's a whole, that's a, that's a <laughs> A-level laziness to just leave your keys on the wheel of the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, I, I also, I also covered this before uh, long, long ago when I used to take the urban escape and evasion classes, I learned that most rental car companies will take one of the key fobs take off the cowling for the steering column and and basically put the fob in the steering column and put it back on. So there's always a fob in the car. Right. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Real smart. Yeah. That's, that was just one of our tips on how to steal a car in my escape (laughs) and evasion class. (laughs) Also note that that class exists. Yes. Good to know. know. And and if anyone of anyone I know would have taken it, it would it's be Jason. Jason. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic class. I could, I'll yeah. Bet. It was I'll a fantastic was. class. I learned I'll how to pick locks. I learned how to get out of zip ties and steal cars. Yeah. So. Practical stuff. You have yeah. very interesting weekends compared to me. <laughs> yep. Is, was there anything there uh, on data recovery? 
<laughs> no, sadly, no. Well, yeah, uh, unplug the time machine before you start the update. Uh, exactly. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot, we just thought everybody knew that one. Ow. No, but if if there is a if there is an emergency and you need medicine, and the uh, you know you can't get to a pharmacy and you need to break in somewhere and get antibiotics, uh, break into a vet's because the stuff they give to animals is the same they give to humans. So if you mm, need antibiotics mm-hmm. in a pinch, go rob a vet's. Okay. Yeah. Also, also, that's where all the gangsters go to get their bullets removed. So that that tracks. <laughs> well, I know that from watching Breaking Bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I saw a story today where they were wondering if maybe vets could help with the uh, the applying of the vaccines for because vets know how to give uh, living animals shots. So if they are, it was an interesting possibility that they could they could ask vets to help out. Can't be any worse than half the phlebotomists I've had this last yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. All right. Well, the, the final thing I wanted to share this week was an interesting story that made me go, hmm. And uh, this is actually over from uh, John Gruber's Daring Fireball. He was commenting on a, a, a story on The Atlantic uh, that was called Facebook is a Doomsday Machine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you must listen to our show. Hi, John. <laughs> right. We're, we're all in agreement there. Yes. Um, but the interesting thing that he presented in a way that I don't think I'd ever really crystallized in my mind, and I'm going to quote Gruber here. He says, this is the problem we collectively have not grasped. How do we regulate via the law and or social norms a form of mass media with amorphous content? When you make a movie or write a book or publish a magazine, the speech that matters is the content of the movie, book, or magazine. When you post something to Facebook, the speech that matters most isn't the content of the post, but the algorithm that that determines who sees it and how. Three billion users effectively means there are three billion different Facebooks. That's the mega scale, which LaFrance equates to the mega deaths of Strange Lovian Doomsday Device. I I think there's something to this, and I hadn't really thought about it this way. That, you know, you, you look at a day's New York Times, and there it is. That's mm-hmm. the New York Times for this day. But there is no way to say, in that same way, here's Facebook for this day and date or this time. And I think that's an interesting. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it in this particular way. This notion of amorphous content I found interesting, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. It is interesting. I mean, one of the things that could help fix it, which is, I mean, we're never going to get it because it's not built into their their business models, is an actual recent timeline, a timeline that is specific and rooted in real time as in that we will see updates as they were posted. And that is what we've all wanted to have back again uh, because it was actually useful and you could actually see things in context in terms of at least your friends. Now, how you solve the, you know, you subscribe to this and you follow this and you are friends with these people, but not these people. I, I don't necessarily see that so much as a bad thing until, you know, you get stuck in these <clears throat> stuck in these bubbles. But uh, the algorithms help greatly with the bubbles. I think if we went back to a straightforward timeline of, of display of updates, that would help greatly. What do you think, Jason? Yes. <laughs> Ryan wow. got it in one. Can, can, we please, in one. can somebody please send me an MP3 of Jason agreeing with me so readily? And uh, please don't name the file so I just have to search for <laughs> uh, My name is Jason DeFilippo. That's J-A-S-O-N. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do think that that would help tremendously. I, I think that's when social media started to 
take on when we started to see the the real negative effects of social media uh was when we could no longer rely upon our timeline uh when mm-hmm. we when we realized we weren't even seeing updates from some friends at all uh if we just had a real timeline and you can, I don't understand how that ruins the business model. You can still place advertising in there. I, I really don't get why they do what they do other than t- they want to manipulate us. Engagement. Yeah. It's all yeah. about enhancing engagement and keeping you on the site longer. So but I would be far more with. engaged with Facebook if I were getting my friends updates in real time in order. I really see, would be. But here's the thing. You can get them in real time. You just have to, and this adds to it, you have to scroll down to most recent and click it every time. That still does not give you all your friends, Jason. That doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. It's not a true recent timeline. I 100% promise you. Okay. I don't don't look at it enough to get the full scope and breadth. Uh, I do. It it does not solve the problem. Oh, what it so does a really <laughs> what it does a really good job of doing is giving you all the pages you subscribe to that aren't real people in real time. You know, oh, order, yeah. But it does not give you all your friends' updates. It still mm. doesn't. Well, I'm glad that I've brought Brian to my level of grumpiness this week. <laughs> yeah, you uh, just you actually did just make me really angry again. Especially now that like A, we're stuck in COVID. B, I'm in a different city for most of my friends. I'm relying on social media to stay in touch with my friends and see what's going on. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, well. Jason's Minimalism. Still- I'm going to trash my machine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just run Migration Assistant. Good yeah, stuff. that'll do what it. I'm going to go leave my, my, uh, my backups plugged in. Leave your time plugged machine in. plugged in. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, good catching up. Happy New Year. Happy New I'll Year. I'll talk to you guys <laughs> next time. All right. brick a brick so as we discussed at the top of the show, year-end lists uh, normally aren't all that great anyways, but uh, after the year of 2020, nobody really wanted to revisit it with a list of anything. Uh, but there was one good one, and this was written by... Uh, by whoa, why, you just cut something. Oh, sorry. I just killed more in the week. <laughs> I was like trying to read the guy's name, and it just went away. <laughs> I had a feeling that might happen, but we'll leave it in for color. Sorry. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Uh, wherever the fuck I was. Um, Martin Harbeck. <laughs> Martin Harbeck wrote this list over, sadly, on LinkedIn. So I have the link to it directly if you want it. Uh, there's a there's a write-up on it over at uh, Lad Bible, which uh, the title is 2020 had some impressive technological and scientific achievements, as it did. So here's the bullet point full post from Martin. 2020 was uh, basically defined by COVID, but... Africa was declared free of polio. AI solved protein folding, one of biology's greatest challenges, machine learning. SpaceX launched the first ever commercial space flight. Solar power saw a major breakthrough by harvesting invisible light. Tesla became the world's most valuable car maker, a clear indicator of the huge momentum behind electric vehicles. Also good for my portfolio. Scientists ran an artificial sun at 100 million degrees for 20 seconds, an important step towards sustainable fusion power. And if you have not seen the video for that, oh my God. I Go have look not. At it. I have not. And why are they doing that? That uh, well, yes, scary. I have. We, we could do. I'm hoping we never. Well, we we die, so we wouldn't do a moron of the week segment on this. But uh, the internet survived the biggest capacity stress test in history. Zoom became the most downloaded app of the year, and video calling kept us close while we were forced to be apart. 
Not sure that's a good plus there. Uh, researchers found a way to turn CO2 into jet fuel. A new enzyme was created with the potential to break down plastic bottles in hours. Amazing researchers, scientists, and healthcare professionals around the world helped develop, trial, and deploy multiple COVID vaccines in less than 12 months, plus get Bill Gates to control your brains. Woo! Just a few of the many incredible <laughs> achievements in science and technology this year. So let's not forget them to celebrate as we end the year. So that is a great list. That is a great list. And since your kid is turning into a space nut, I found this over at Ars Technica. There's an insane amount of cool space things happening in 2021. And there's a very long list here, and they all seem pretty good. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope is the one issue that uh, they're, they're, they think is going to happen this year, but, you know, it yeah. hasn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been kind of plagued. but We shall see. Yeah, you've got the Mars It's Mars's been plagued like all of us. That's true. That's true. Uh, but there's a lot going on this year for sure. So A lot going on in space. And the longer we can keep a Starlink from Elon Musk off of it, the better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the one, uh, one thing at the very end is the Russians are sending up a test satellite platform that might be able to clean up some of the space junk. Because since we are launching so many things into space, mm -hmm. it's getting crowded it up there yeah this it's stuff doesn't come down often often uh <laughs> space lab that kind of came down but <laughs> sky lab sky lab sorry oh uh, yeah not to be confused with skynet feedback loop to start off with, I want to thank everyone who donated, whether it's through Patreon, PayPal, or sending links to your friends. The generosity you guys have shown over the break has been incredible. Incredible. Some, some of these donations are just like mind-boggling, so thank you very much. And over at Patreon, we've got Marcus, Ms. BGK18, David, and Ed. Thank you. And at PayPal, uh, we got quite a bunch over the break. Thomas, Helen, Scott, Rachel, Adam, Michael, Andrew, Doug, Nicola, John, Charlie, Matt, Simon, Shaleen, Jonathan, Nikolai, Michael, David, Judge, Matthew, and John. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think we have all the apostles in there now. <laughs> the Book of Gog. The Book of Gog. Okay, so uh, we are going to officially call feedback bankruptcy on this one because we've been getting so much stuff in and most of it's out of date now. So yep. thanks for all of the notes. Uh, I'm going to put all of the links in the show notes, though. So if you want to come check out what everybody's been sending, uh, I will leave that in for everybody to uh, go uh, check out yourself. Excellent. Perfect. Yep. So uh, we're back to regular shows. So if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five star and snarky review. And thank you again for listening. Here's a whole nother year coming. Closing shout out. Sadly, we lost Marianne from Gilligan's Island, Don Wells. She died at age 82. I was always a Marianne guy. Uh, me too. Me too. I think he comes with the goth thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Sultry redheads. Yeah. That's it is what too. it is. Hmm. You know, it's, it's a, it's a good, you know, you know you, chest here's of your sexuality, thing. I suppose. I guess so. I guess so. You know, as you know, as I was watching all the things come in, everybody was going team ginger or team Marianne. I'm guessing chicks don't sit around and go, God, I was so team professor. I was so team Gilligan. Oh man, sir, team Howell, you know, it's like, we're just a bunch of fucking pigs is what it comes down to. Pretty much. Yeah. But anybody that was, uh, that was team, uh, Howell was, a uh, you know, sugar daddy. 
For sure, good <laughs> Yep. Yep. Just saying. Uh, we also had another major celebrity come down with COVID-19. Now, uh, we talk a lot about the show. We used to love a show. So Jeremy Clarkson uh, has gotten it as well. What I thought was interesting was what he said about it at the end, because it's true, no matter how much we try to tell ourselves otherwise. He said, we kept being told we know a great deal about COVID, but what I've learned over the past 10 days is we don't. We don't know how long we're infectious for. We don't know how to tackle it. We don't know what it does to us. We don't know how long the antibodies last. We don't know how easy it is to catch it twice. And we certainly don't know if any of the vaccines will work long-term. I don't even know if I'm better now. Yes, but you know what we do know? Dr. Drew can get it. I... The situation is exactly what the the German term schadenfreude was invented for. I know. Motherfucker. Oh, God. My friend Caleb was like, anybody that wants to talk shit about Dr. Drew can meet me under the overpass at the 101 and the 405. And I'm like, I have discussed this with many traffic experts, and they they agree that the the 101 and 405 does not have an underpass to meet under. Oh, yes. And congrats to Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire. We talked about his song, I've No More Fucks to Give. We've actually used it on the show a couple times. Um, And hopefully we had a little something to do with this. He came in at number one on Dr. Demento's list of songs for 2020. My big takeaway from this is Dr. Demento's still doing it? Yes, sirree. God damn, I got to go listen to that. Oh, I miss Dr. Demento. I, I, and apparently I'm miss missing it for no that, reason. Yeah. <laughs> I miss being the age that Dr. Demento was the best thing in the world. Let me tell I, you. Getting up at, at, at uh, one in the morning in Chicago with a tape recorder held up next to the radio mm-hmm. to record the show that I could listen to the next day and hoping that they always closed it with some Tom Lehrer. That was, that was oh, my childhood. I love Tom Lehrer. Yeah. I know. Still with us. Knock on wood. And a young Weird Al sending in his tapes. Yep. Yeah, uh, the old days, the old days. And uh, I did finish actually switching us over to the new store. So if you go to GOG.show slash shop or GOG.show slash, uh, I, I made a couple of them because I couldn't even remember which one it was. <laughs> GOG.show slash shop works for me. Yes, store. and, and slash know. store also yes. works. That was that was it. So uh, uh, we had a, a little kerfuffle with Teespring again. So uh, some stuff will be coming back up because their AI like to think that we are in copyright infringement and they yes, have to apparently, send us a thing. Yeah. Apparently our show title and in a public domain emoji is copyright. So <laughs> we, got, us. Yeah, we got a lot of pain in the ass, but hopefully we'll get this all worked out and we'll get some new designs up. But there's some stuff up there that Brian designed. Uh, the masks will be back up. Team Brian is going to be a little late because that's the one that we got caught on and have to resubmit. So. Uh, but uh, now that it's set up, we will start putting up more stuff and more designs because it's, uh, yeah, the the transition is complete. So. Okay. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. The show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. If you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out. We'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.show slash shop and pick up some good old-fashioned, copywritten GOG swag. And if you can't do that, then please pass the show along to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. We really need to change that one because it creeps me out every time I read it. <laughs> show notes for the episode are at GOG.show slash 490. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay spread. <laughs> what does Lockhead say? Spread podcasts, not viruses. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. Fuck both of you. 
fuck both of you. Fuck you, Jason. And fuck you, Brian. Fuck you both. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I don't like to curse. You know, I generally don't. It's something I generally don't want to do. Let me just say without reservation, fuck you guys. Both of you. Fuck you guys.